welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. And your leader for this meeting. This is Parenting, What It Was Like, What It's Like Now. Will everyone please join me in the serenity prayer? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. Um, Art is going to begin our uh, sharing this evening. Hi, my name is Art. I'm a sexaholic and a child molester. My sobriety date is August 1985. Uh, I called my wife this afternoon just before supper, just before the evening banquet, and she reported to me that, uh, louder, she reported to me that our 15-year-old daughter was hysterical. Our 17-year-old son was uh, was uh, this. The only terminology that occurs to me is goosing her up. That is doing one of the things that he does. That is that is you know giving her little verbal prods uh, to which she reacts like mad. Uh, my wife reported to me she had taken our daughter on a, a driving lesson this afternoon in, in Georgia. Uh, children can get a learner's permit at the age of 15, so we've been teaching her how to drive. My wife said that my daughter uh, drove off the road and uh, almost spun out, but... Uh, didn't completely lose control. Uh, so I guess that's what it's like now. <laughs> this is my second marriage. I need to tell you that I was in a 10-year marriage. And in that marriage, I had two children, a boy and a girl. And uh, that marriage broke up to a large extent, not not completely, uh, I'm not that important, but to a large extent because of my sexaholism, my isolation. Uh, but I soon was engaged to be married again, too soon, 
and I was partly motivated by my motivation to get married the first time. That is, I, I still thought it might make me normal. If I got married, I thought it might make me normal. And at that time, I was uh, 40 and already had these two kids from my first marriage. And my my intended, my present wife, had no children, hadn't been married before, much younger than I. And she wanted to have children. And I said, sure, I can have children. Uh, I'm good with children. I can change diapers with the best of them. Uh, and part of what I said was true. I can change diapers with the best of them. Now I don't claim to be good with children. Uh, so I got married the second time, not sober. God gave me the gift of sobriety two and a half years after I got married that second time. Uh, I wasn't acting out my my worst forms of behavior by that time. And I, that's another part of my story. I won't go into that. But uh, I have a very good marriage right now in my second marriage, thanks to this program. And I also have two more children, the 17-year-old and the 15-year-old. Uh, am I better off? Am I a better father? Yes, I am, uh, despite what I reported to you of, of what my wife is dealing with today, uh, I am better off. With my first two children, as, as a drunk, as a sex drunk, in my head all the time, uh, I, I could play the role of a father. But, uh, in fact, I subjected my children to emotional abuse. Uh, not really physical abuse, but emotional abuse, for sure. Uh, if I wanted to take a Saturday afternoon nap, they knew very young that if they woke me up, they would get a terrible reaction from me. And they were very young, but they learned that very young. They learned that at the age of three or four. They better not wake Daddy up when he's taking a Saturday afternoon nap. Well, the fact is, Daddy had masturbated himself to sleep and didn't want to waste that nice uh, sense of being drugged. Uh... These two children I have now, uh, once again, a boy and a girl, I think, I believe that I'm a better father to them than I ever was to my first two children. But my first two children have benefited from my sobriety. I know that. Uh, they are 27 and 24 now. Uh... My 27-year-old 
calls me on the phone and tells me about his 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 fears his hopes he shares with me his religious doubts things that I could never do with my parents when I was in my 20s uh, so uh, somehow God has has blessed me with a good relationship with that son despite the abuse uh, and I, I think to some extent it's the benefit of uh, some years of sobriety my 24 year old daughter uh, trusts me And uh, I have to be careful what I say to her because she still thinks that God is speaking, that, you know, I'm speaking with the voice of God, that when I say something, it's right. Daddy said it. Uh, I have to be careful with that. Uh, she trusts me. She trusts me to tell the truth. Uh, this 17-year-old son... Uh, believes that that my wife and I are uh, absolute control freaks uh, because we won't let them watch television on school nights. We keep the television off. We limit the computer time, limit the Internet time. At least twice a week he calls me Hitler. <laughs> and the good thing is that I don't react to that I say make sure you salute when we pass in the hall <laughs> uh, but I can see him starting to come out the other side uh, I was complaining to a, a another guy in uh, in my home group about some struggles that I was having uh, with my two teenage children. And uh, a guy reported to me what some expert on child rearing had. He, he was at a, uh, a conference, and this expert on child rearing was going through the different ages of children and telling people how to parent. And, and they were just getting to the to adolescence. And uh, he said, I want everybody to write down now uh, the secret to raising adolescents. And uh, so everybody got their pencils out with their pads, and, and he said, here's the secret. Write this down. Just get them through it. And I, I, can, I think I can see my 17-year-old starting to come out on the other side uh, so that he, he and I actually can have some conversations. If I hadn't been through this before with the two older children, I, would, I, I wouldn't feel much hope, but... I. Uh, even if I am Hitler to him now, uh, I have some hope on that. Uh, the, my youngest child, uh, has been diagnosed with ADHD, and I, I don't think I'm going into personalities. This is a physical condition. And, uh, and here's this, what I like to say when she's not around is she's more trouble than the other three put together. Uh, and there's some pity pot stuff in that, but uh, but that has been a real struggle for us, and it's part of the 
part of the problem I know with my 17-year-old because she takes so much attention and he feels it. He doesn't demand the attention that she does. Uh, she trusts me absolutely. And even though she goes into hysterics sometimes, uh, I can tell that she trusts me. I've even suggested to my wife that, that I have the feeling that part of the, the wonderful relationship that my wife and I have is the struggle we've had with these, these, uh, to adolescents that are still at home because my wife and I have to communicate. We have to communicate. We take a lot of walks. We walk almost every day and uh, we go out and we walk a regular route. I don't know how many blocks. It's probably a mile and a quarter we walk. And the main thing that we do on, when we're walking is we, we talk about what are we going to do about this and what are we going to do about that. And a lot of it is about the kids. And I... Uh, we do wonder when the kids are gone if we'll have any marriage left. But, uh, but we have to keep communicating and we have to keep communication over. We have to keep on sharing our feelings about the kids. And, uh, I think that's part of, of, uh, the basis for the good relationship between my wife and me. Uh, I'm sure it's, it's, I'm sure it's one of those circles like the chicken and the egg because if we weren't both working a program, uh, I think we wouldn't know that we have to keep communicating about the kids because otherwise they're working to put us against each other. Uh, they're working to get in between us. And uh, so, as I'm fond of saying, uh, the life that I have is good. It's just not easy. Uh, there are frequent moments of hysteria and anger and yelling. And... Lately, this uh, this past year, I've been doing a lot less yelling. I've been doing a lot less yelling. A lot of times when we get, when the four of us get into a, it's like we're in a boxing ring or in a tag, a tag team match. Uh, uh, I find myself saying, could we talk a little quieter? Could we talk a little quieter? And uh, I we, genetically, we all have good lungs in my family, and uh, and and I'm able. And and I used to be one of the worst yellers. Uh, I was a rageaholic. I still am. Don't don't let me act like I'm cured. Uh, so uh, life is good. It's just not easy, and uh, that's what I have to share. Thanks. I'm Shirley. I'm a sexaholic. Hey, Shirley. And I'm also a, um, a mother of uh, two teenage girls, 14, 17, a wife of a, a wonderful man. I'm not trying to embarrass him. I'm just telling you the truth. He doesn't have our disease. Um, and uh, the stepmom of his son, who's 29. That's kind of a lot of stuff. So I'm going to confine myself to... Um, what I see that's different in this generation of kids that we're raising currently, the, the two girls that are 14 and 17, 
um, they're not like me. They don't seem to have inherited this disease. Now, I'm only one factor in that, and a fairly recent one, because it's only been five and a half years that I've been sober or in program at all. I mean, I just discovered SA five and a half years ago. I'm one factor. My husband's another factor. God's another factor. And then I'm sure there's other factors like teachers and all kinds of things that have, have worked out. But the deal is that God has somehow stopped this chain of events in this generation. And that gives me a great deal of gratitude. Um, I was dating at the age of 13. These kids aren't dating yet. You know, that's amazing. I mean, they went to, uh, what was it, the homecoming dance together, you know, with the hairdos and the dresses and the whole nine yards. And they went out with a big group of people from the cross-country team. The boys and the girls all went, you know, the boys in the tuxes and the girls in the dresses. They ate dinner together and they went to the dance together. Nobody dated. You know, I mean, that didn't happen in my generation. Didn't happen in other generations in my family. Um, these kids are getting A's in school. That certainly didn't happen in my generation. Um, I don't know how it's happening, but I know that God does. And I'm ever grateful for that. And if ever I start getting ideas that, oh, maybe, uh, maybe I'm not really a sexaholic, Maybe I don't really need to work my program as rigorously as I do. Um, maybe I can feel sorry for myself because I have to work this program. I look at my kids and I say, well, that's why. And uh, I'm like Art. It hasn't always been easy. I mean, I'm a working mom sexaholic. That's a lot of hats to wear. Plus doing some work of <laughs> in the service uh, aspect of, of SA. It gets pretty busy. I don't think I've had a full night's sleep in a while. It feels like a long time, but uh, but I wouldn't trade my life for anything now. And so, if that can offer any hope, thanks, Shirley. My name's William. I'm a sexaholic. Hi, William. My sobriety date's June twelfth, nineteen ninety three, and um, I'm really happy that uh, Neil asked us to share on this um, topic. Um, I thank God for SA and um, that it is a place where I can be honest about what it was like. It's not too many places I would have the freedom to be and and the willingness to be honest. And um, what it was like before I was sober was it was hell. There's no other way to describe it. Um, when I... Uh, my wife was pregnant with our son, who's now 10. And I brought pictures along of my kids um, because it's such a joy to to see them now seven years along in my, seven plus years along in my recovery. But my wife was pregnant with our son. And uh, so that made my daughter four years of age. And um, I was getting up in the middle of the night and acting out and at a point of um, not of knowing that I would not live long enough to see her give birth to our son. That's how desperate lust I'd become with lust. I'd, my wife, my daughter, uh, 
I didn't know it was going to be a boy, but the child-to-be did not make any difference to me. Um, I had already crossed, I had promised myself I would not act out around my daughter who was a toddler. Uh, I would not act out in my home when she was home. And uh, I crossed that boundary uh I had to have my fix. She was a toddler. She was waddling or toddling around the house. She came into the room where I was acting out. It was the first time I called for help. I called AA. And, of course, it, that was fairly early on. Um, and uh, the person I spoke to didn't know about SA. And um, But I that was one of the times I was desperate enough to recognize I really needed help. Um, uh, by the time I got into SA um, uh, and started working the steps and stopped acting out, I had the problem uh, Art was talking about. I was filled with rage, and um, my son was about a, a couple years old, and um, he would throw fits and. Uh, get down on the floor and flail his arms and scream at the top of his lungs and roll his eyes back and foam at his mouth for, I don't know whether I said how long, maybe 40 minutes. And my, I was thinking this child needs to have medication and, and, uh, my sponsor said, you need help. Your son is reflecting you and practice saying the serenity prayer and sitting there and asking God for help while your son throws these rage fits. And as you calm down, he'll calm down. <laughs> and uh, it worked. He doesn't have those uh, fits any longer. Um, there are um, just wonderful things. In those early years of my recovery, one of the things that happened as my own rage uh, began to be more surrendered was my daughter said at a table blessing, uh, prior to a meal, just tossed it in on top of the blessing for the food. Thank you, God, for helping Daddy deal with his anger. And um, my daughter uh, 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 knows I'm a sexaholic. Uh, it eventually came to light that um, I... I shared in a situation where there was a therapist that I had acted out uh, around, or my daughter had seen me acting out, and I'd been appropriate in that regard with her. And um, and I had to report myself to Child Protective Services in the state I live in. And um, uh, so they had to interview my daughter and make sure, both my daughter and son, and make sure that uh, sexual and emotional abuse wasn't still happening. And so my daughter learned firsthand, at least from the social worker, basically my history. 
And um, uh, later when I met with, and when she came home from school that day, she wouldn't come in the house. She didn't feel safe. Um, so I had, thank God I was sober. <laughs> you know, for me, part of the gift of sobriety, what it's like now is I can face life no matter how painful it is and ask God for help. And, and the courage to change. So, uh, uh, my wife came in and said, you know, Rebecca doesn't want to come in the house. So I went out and started making direct amends to my daughter. I'm glad this is short. <laughs> uh, Uh -huh. And um, later we had an interview with the social worker, and uh, she said, I told your daughter, after I told her about your history, I, I said, what do you think of your daddy now? And she looked at me and she said, your daughter said, uh, I think what my daddy did was pretty weird, but I love my daddy. And what I realize is, eventually lust would have destroyed that love. You know, at least human love has its limits. And um, I'm really grateful that, that God got to me through essay and time. And um, my daughter, uh, this was about a year and a half ago or, or so, it was when she was 13 that this past history came up. And um, um, in, a, in the year since the relationship is healed, she's, she, she will hug me and she will, you know, put her arm in my arm and walk along. And she gave me a card for Father's Day that, talked about me being her hero. It's just a wonderful card. Um, and that's a gift of the program. Um, the process, really, of, of uh, getting in right relationship with my daughter. Um, my son um, is probably helps me work my program better right now than anyone in the family. Something about male egos, maybe. I'm not too sure. Um, but he, um, uh, early on in the program, in the, my first two or three years, he was about three or four, about four, and we were playing catch, and I was working in a, uh, in a, a situation where there was a pool party with, here in Southern California with women in skimpy bathing suits and I was still I really hadn't captured the idea of progressive victory over lust in in that setting <laughs> so I was a bit distracted and uh my son was my son looked at me and said daddy why do you keep looking around why don't you just play catch with me and uh, uh that's when I realized that uh, lust needed to was still controlling me and I needed uh to surrender more, or my son was going to be looking around just like I was. Uh, and recently, what it is like now, um, I wish I could report that I was, uh, you know, 
healed or totally well, but I'm not. And just maybe two or three weeks ago, my son, uh, I'd prepared lunch for the family and my son refused to eat the the turkey. He said he hates turkey and he didn't want to eat turkey. And um, I didn't have anything else prepared and I, I got mad that he wouldn't eat the turkey. And I said, if you don't eat the turkey, we won't go out and fly the model airplane you got for Christmas. And he'd been looking forward to that all week. And so he he got very angry, got up from the table and went to his room. And I got into, uh, uh, I wasn't powerless over my son and I wasn't powerless over what he could eat. So I went into his room and and uh, uh, raised the ante and said, you know, if he didn't, I, I said, you, you know, you're acting like an asshole. Um, and I said, and you won't be able to fly where the consequence is you cannot fly your plane this afternoon. And, um, I went back to the table and, uh, I thought, how am I going to explain this to my sponsor? (laughs) (laughs) And I thought this just isn't going to fly. Uh, and I'm very thankful for the program because I need I need ongoing accountability for my actions. Um, and so I thought, well, it'd be better to call him and tell him I'd done a thorough tent step than it would be to call him and ask him what to do. So I went back into my room or to my son's room and found him uh, on his knees. I'm not too sure why he was on his knees or. And I got down on my knees beside him and I said, Matt, I said I was wrong to call you or to say you were acting like an asshole. I'm very sorry I said it. I said, he went back, ate his turkey, put the toast in the toaster, put jam on it, and we went out and flew the plane. And and I didn't call my sponsor right away. I called another member in the program first to try and run it by him first, see how it sounded. <laughs> and then I called my sponsor. And uh, the image was my sponsor was going to tell me, you've been sober seven plus years and called your 10-year-old son an asshole? Uh, and that wasn't what my sponsor's uh, response was at the end of the story. It was... That's a spectacular tenth step. And um, he did say he winced when I said what I'd called my son. Um, and um, so I had a chance to practice uh, the same thing when my, uh, a, a, a little, a week or so later, uh, I didn't, keep the dog from um, taking my son's slippers off. We have a golden retriever, uh, still a a young golden retriever, and he grabs my son's slippers, and that makes him very upset because he slobbers on his slippers. And um, uh, we got this dog because the kids wanted him, you know, but I'm dad, and I'm actually responsible. So uh, anyway, he got... uh, my son's slippers and my son looked at me and he called me and he said you idiot and uh, so I was thinking gosh that's terrible how could my son call me an idiot and then God kindly reminded what I'd called him a few weeks ago and so we we sat down and 
the the best thing for the program and for me is I can sit down with my 10-year-old son and talk these things through and I give he gives me forgiveness, I give him forgiveness, we admit where we're wrong. I could not do that before. It never happened in my family of origin. We just didn't talk about what went wrong. We pretended as if we loved everybody. There were no ups and downs in feelings. There were no feelings because we, after a while we couldn't really love each other. Um, so in that sense, this is a huge, this program, what it is like now is just a gift because I can be, I can, I do have feelings. I'm, I, I'm not, um, uh, medicating. Some of those feelings are great joy and, and happiness and sometimes I lose it. But at least now, um, I'm willing to admit it and uh, and move on. So, um, with that, um, thank you all for listening. And um, uh, it's uh, that's all the time we have for sharing. We got a bit of a late start. Um, anything you have heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. The principles of SA are found in our 12 steps and 12 traditions. This is an anonymous program, so please keep the name and num- number of anyone you meet or learn about in SA or SNON to yourself. What we say here, let it stay here. After a moment of silent meditation, will you join us in closing with the serenity prayer? I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.